0: Howdy all Dan Scotland here, joining you from Legal Grass Massachusetts, Heartland of America. You can find me on Instagram at underscore Canvas Sativa. You can find me on Getter at IC Sativa Pod, and on Twitter at IC at IC Sativa Pod. All right. Are any of you guys sick of smoking like really high THC strains? Like for example, like like do you like do you believe that we're like our strains are too powerful or like, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm getting to the point in my life where, you know, I, I still love weed and I'm always going to, I'm still going to do this podcasting until I'm sick of it, but I like mixing some, some of my THC with some CBD. I don't like old THC anymore. I like, I like the mix of, of, of both. Like I've gotten like one of my buddies that grows his own, um, gifted me some cannabis and I've been mixing it with some CBD. Like I'll have like, I'll have like a container of my ground up cannabis like I'll put half the container full of CBD flour and I'll put the other half full of the 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 THC bun it's been a very very pleasant experience Um, hasn't been too hasn't gotten me too baked but I, I, I feel enough euphoria and relief that 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 it's worth my while like truly 50-50 and they work they work synerg- synergistically together for sure um, but um, before cannabis prohibition, before we started ha- we we started having medical programs and recreational programs, cannabis was not that high in potency. Like, you know, the stuff that your parents smoked or your grandparents smoked, like what, four, five, six percent PH. It was not thirty percent, it wasn't it was not twenty-four percent or sixteen. Um Older strains are or, or more ancient strains that were smoked hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago. They were not 20%. Some of them had various ratios of, of THC and CBD. Many of the strains were way more balanced than than they than they are now. Um, I highly recommend people go for the entourage effect and and mix various cannabinoids because again, they're so many things besides cbd and thc that have benefits you have cbg you have CBDV, THCV, um ATV, um hhc thco um and you just keep adding delta 8 um delta 6 a 10 or whatever the heck that is you keep they keep they keep being more and more cannabinoids there are hundreds and hundreds of compounds in cannabis they keep they keep isolating and and getting more of them that we can buy individually um but yeah I mean and I'm gonna have some CBG um shake coming in which is gonna be nice that's gonna be I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a bunch of cannabinoids I can mix up and get some euphoria from or get some good pain relief from but yes I mean strains strains before you know these medical programs were were not all that potent, and they had way more diverse profiles or land race strains, and even just the old strains people grew you know i'm I'm only in my early thirties so i, I haven't I've, I've you know besides getting some land race strains from my caregiver like i don't I don't experience those often I don't experience these mixed ratio ones unless i I go and buy some CBD and mix it with my myt or mix it with my Let's read this article. I think I think it goes into what what my concerns were pretty well and what a lot of people are concerned about. We don't all want to get blasted to the moon. Some of us have, you know, we work a bunch of hours. Some of us have kids. Some of us, us have other things that, that that could demand our time in a moment's newness and not all of us want to be blasted all the time in case we have to attend to that. I'm at an age where people are, are needing me more and more for whatever reason. And you know, um, you know life is throwing more at me So I gotta I I gotta be present I can't be zooted all the time the origins land race strains okay so this was so this was written by kushka how cannabis prohibition affected CBD the origins land race strains have you ever wondered what weed was like in the 60s and 70s if you have then you should now then you should now it is, it was nothing like what we're used to today. Strains of the time, so-called land races, such as Santa Maria gold and Punto Rojo were very different in terms of potency, aroma and morphology. This was simply because the genetics had been shaped by the local growers of regions with a century long tradition of cannabis growing. Strains with a high gene pool that have not been subjected to modern breeding process aimed at enhancing this or that feature. Landrace strains and CBD, what was the cannabis, cannabinoid profile of original varieties like? Nicknamed heirlooms by the breeders and growers of the time. The strains we now know as land races are hard to find these days. Again, I mean, I, I still have buddies and people I know that grow them, you know, and I, I mix them with, with my CBD. And, you know, I'm, again, I, I, get that, I get that functional euphoric relief. You know, I, I, I really think we need to see more one-to-one strains. More like like two two to one like two two parts C H C, one part CBD so you don't get thrown to the moon because again anything can anything can happen anything you can be called to do anything as you get older can't be zooted all the time at least I can't. <clears throat> Nicknamed heirlooms by the breeders and growers of the time. The strains we now know as land races are hard to find these days. Cannabis hybrids are in fact, crosses of these original strains that were subjected to selection in order to enhance characteristics that the market dictated, including the aroma, potency and some specific features that make the growing process easier, e.g. a short flowering period or a resistance to mold and pests. Land races had lower cannabinoid profiles than the potent strains we find in today's market. Eg, Remo Chemo and Ocean Grown Cookies. In fact, the varieties hippies in the 70s used to smoke had about four to five percent THC and CBD levels that varied according to the plant's place of origin. In broad strokes, they were divided into three major groups. So these were the strains that that, that our parents had. These these were the older strains that that we had before the medical programs before. You know prohibition before hardcore war on drugs these are the strains that that your ancestors or your parents or no your ancestors your grandparents so on and so forth this is what they smoke we're smoking this this hyper high-potency weed now um but thankfully we have a lot of other cannabinoids to balance balance that stuff out and make it more like we used to have it i guess or at least approximate it In broad strokes, they were divided into three major groups. Type 1 land races, high THC, and low CBD. Type 2 land races with similar effects of THC and CBD of about 4 to 5%. They formed part of what we now refer to as the 1 to 1 THC to CBD ratio. Again, these were found in nature before we started selectively breeding for potency. These were just natural strains that, that you know older people in your life got to smoke. But now it's all about we need the most amount of potency, dude. I'm 32 years old. I have I have other demands. My time I can't be high all the time. You know, a parent can call. Or something some responsibility might happen. Like I, anything can happen at the age I'm at now, and I can't be blasted at all. I'm I'm sure most of you listening are are in that same boat where people kind of you need to be present for people to a certain degree. You know, it'd be nice to live a life where you didn't have to worry about all that. But again, we, you know, as you get older, you get more responsibilities. You get more people needing you is what it is, folks. Okay. So we went over. So type one is eight high THC and low CBD type two with similar effects of THC and CBD about four to 5%, but they form part of what we now refer to as the one to one CBD to THC ratio. Type three land races, one to two ratio, high CBD and low THC. In fact, in terms of effect, cannabis before the hybrid revolution was not as potent as most of the hybrids today, not only because of the THC content was four times lower, but because CBD has the ability to counteract the effects of THC. Ever ever since cannabis was classified as a Schedule I drug by the US government, in category as Heron, scientists with the National Center of Natural Products Research at the University of Mississippi have been testing samples of black market cannabis with results that speak for themselves. The THC content of the strains today has increased by 57 to 67% compared to Latin races of the 70s. If we take for granted that the average cannabis consumer is into potency, the simplest explanation would be that the higher the THC content, the stronger the psychoactive effect. While there is certainly some truth to this, not all users are interested in the walloping effect. I'm not, I'm 32, there's other, there's other demands of my time. You know, I, 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 do not want to be eating cat food at seven. I gotta, I have, I have to take up other hustles. These, I'm sure a lot of you are in that boat. This is why high CBD strains, which induce a gentler high have been so popular lately. But let's go back to the seventies. One of the factors that led breeders to focus on increasing THC levels was prohibition. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to digress a bit, but it's related to, 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 to the line we just read, um, People used to say that during prohibition of alcohol, the most favored drug by people was, was moonshine was hard alcohol, hard, hard alcohol that again was, was bred using shady practices. And some, some of which, if it's not made properly, can actually turn you blind. But then when they got rid of prohibition in the thirties, people just went back to beer and wine again. When you ban something, you put it underground and people are going to seek out the more dangerous forms of it because they want, it's illegal. It's hard to get and they want the most bang for their buck. And I think the same thing happened with marijuana. You know, they went hardcore on the war on drugs. It became illegal. It became hard to get and became risky to, to possess. So people wanted the most bang for their buck with with this high potency THC. So I'm, I'm guessing that's what happened with just like the prohibition of booze. One of the factors that led breeders to focus on increasing THC levels was prohibition. Back then and still today in many countries, growing and selling cannabis can mean serious prison sentences. The risk was high and so too was the price of the product on the black market, which had to be worth the venture. Yeah, it has to be worth your while, you know, to be a street pharmacist. Clients in turn had to spend substantial amounts of money and wanted to make the most of it. The logic was simple. If the weed was expensive, then it had to be as potent as they come. Yes. Yes, I have to get value for my dollar. Growing and selling cannabis could mean serious... Okay, yeah, I already read that. Clients in turn, had to spend substantial amounts of money and wanted to make the most of it. The logic was simple. If weed was expensive, then it had to be as potent as they come. Accordingly, breeders became obsessed with the idea of maximizing THC levels, disregarding other cannabinoids such as CBD in the process. As mentioned already, land raises were divided into three groups based on their CBD content. And there is every reason to believe that selection processes in recent decades have prioritized high THC strains, which normally were those with the lowest CBD, the skunk and the hybrid revolution, green potency takes over. Created in California in the seventies through a painstaking process, the skunk was the first stable cannabis hybrid to ever be developed, a highly potent strain with characteristics that made cultivation much easier and proved to be real game changers. This facilitated, facilitated the emergence of the hybrids that would lay the foundations for the cannabis industry we know as we know it today, which were developed under the umbrella of the permissive regulatory framework that applied to cannabis in the Netherlands during the nineteen eighties. Among those were legendary strains such as original amnesia, original haze, cheese, which stood out for their high THC content and their negligible amounts of CBD. From Amsterdam to the world, cannabis consumption rises. The Netherlands, Amsterdam in particular, played a central role in the history of cannabis during the 80s and 90s. It was there that the hybrid revolution was born, and thanks to the coffee shop movement, tourists from across the world discovered since Amelia buds little by little the cannabis spread to other western countries where the substance was relatively novel and was adopted by societies with no tradition of cannabis use because it was an illegal product users were forced to turn to the black market where they were confronted with a highly prone weed that was not subjected to quality control and they didn't know how to use which led to misuse in some cases as t as a THC ag Antagonist CBD helps counter the psychoactive effects of THC, resulting in a gentle high that produces less tachycardia, dry mouth, and paranoia. But with cannabidiol out of the equation, the new strains delivered a most overwhelming effect. The influence of CBD in the medical and legal field, as explained in previous articles, CBD started to gain popularity thanks to its effectiveness in treating the DeV- Dravet syndrome, a type of refractory epilepsy, all started by They all start with a girl named Charlotte Fiji, Fiji or Fiji, rest in power to her, obviously, who suffered from this disease and who at the age of five had 200 200 epileptic seizures a week, i.e. one every two hours, such as the frequency of the fits that Charlotte lived in almost a permanent canatonic state. Desperate because no conventional treatment seemed to work, the girl's parents decided to take a chance on cannabis and so tried a CBD-rich strain that would eventually be known as Charlotte's Web. Once in development, Charlotte's health condition improved remarkably, going from 200 seizures a week to just one. Her story made the headlines and the scientific medical community started to show interest in the potential of the cannabinoid, whose medical effects and lack of psychoactivity are s- serving as a gateway to legalization in many states and countries but that's not all as cbd also has transformed the cannabis industry with banks like dynafem seeds now having catalogs entirely der- dedicated to cbd r- rich straights with varying a- amounts of thc such cbd such as og kish cbd public cbd and the so-called pure cbd strains, varieties like Dynamite CBD plus, which are rich in CBD up to 20% and contain less than 1% THC. The CBD regulatory wave, new forms of consumption arise. CBD rich strains though not have not only transformed the medical cannabis scene, but they have also breathed new life into the recreational market. Because of the high THC hybrids with virtually no CBD are highly potent, they can interfere with daily activities. Compared with alcohol, these strains wouldn't, be the equivalent of whiskey. And while a scotch before work is probably not one of the best ideas, a glass or two during a party at a gathering of friends with friends or spare time can be perfectly okay. In the end, it all comes down to finding the right occasion and to behaving responsibly. In a way, CBD rich strains are bringing back some of the THC CBD balance of old land race strains, including a mellow effect that does not interfere with daily life. That would be the equivalent of beer in the alcohol metaphor. And thus many users are choosing them over THC strains in some situations. Meanwhile, as new forms of consumption arise, the new regulatory wave brings us closer to to many of the responsibilities offered by this ancient plant End of article, I'm going to do an audible here. So we're going to go to one more site where, um, you can get CBD strain. Um, you can get CBD seeds again we we assume you live in a legal state where you're allowed to grow your own or you live in a medical state where home grow is permitted so again don't break the law in your state country or municipality all right here we are so this is the hope you they sell they also sell cbd flower and, and tinctures and what what have you too but they also sell c- lots of cbd uh strains including land race strains um as seeds so again if you live in a legal state and you can grow your own Look! Look at that! Look at how many landrace seeds. I mean, look at how many land races they've got of CBD type one, type two. Like these, these, these. I think these are like the strains that were specified in, in this article. There are plenty you can buy, folks. So again, if you live in a legal state, you can you you grow you know several plants per household. Might be worth checking these folks out, but not for me. I can be found anywhere you find podcasts, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Raider, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. You'll follow me on Twitter at ICsativapod, on, on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. If you want to kick this podcast a few extra bucks, there are multiple ways you can do so. You can go on Cash App, do Cash Sign, IamCannabisSativa, and then on PayPal at paypal.me slash And As always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao. 65 t g two n r again that is h t t p s colon slash slash discord dot g slash six five, t g two n r feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp based products you can check them out by the link h t t p s colon slash b i t dot l y slash three three f k r v